treat to be here with you. Um, well, first of all, this is the day that the Lord has made, so let us rejoice and be glad in it. Just think, Christmas is coming. We're in the final countdown. There are now only 14 days until the big day. I know because our kids have been talking about Christmas and counting down the days since their first day of school. <laughs> Quentin and Rihanna both speak about it on their birthdays and on the first day of school and throughout the year. I have actually heard them both say that they cannot wait for next Christmas right after they have finished opening their presents on Christmas morning. Now, just like me, my kids absolutely adore seeing all of the decorations and the lights from the holidays. They love the special music and songs that speak to the birth of Christ. They love holiday sweets and treats and shows. Every year, they look forward to participating in our town tree lighting, gingerbread house building, decorating cookies with friends. The most special prelude to the final countdown for Christmas is the beloved Christmas Eve church service. We all love to hear the retelling of Jesus' birth and the congregational sing, the carols with the finale of singing Silent Night by Candlelight. My kids love to participate in the planning and the purchasing, the mailing and the wrapping and the giving of gifts to their friends and family, but they really, really, really love to get gifts. At Christmas, they do get more gifts at one time than during any other time of the year, and so I think it may be more accurate to say that they are merely longing to get more gifts. Well, the Merriam-Webster thesaurus gives us these synonyms for longing, a strong wish for something, or yearning for something. In there, they also included a list of words related to longing. Here are just a few. Compulsion, eagerness, impatience, intense want, strong felt need, obsession, and greed. I thought it was worth noting that the thesaurus links these ideas. These words suggest that people who long for something feel a strong compulsion and eagerness to do whatever it takes to satisfy their longing. Probably with a degree of impatience and perhaps without any concern for how it may impact others. Longing denotes a strong sense of need, and this to me infers that an intense longing can turn into a heart which demands its own way to get what it believes that it needs in order to be content. Finally, a longing can turn into an obsession to get the thing which is longed for, and it infers that a person may grow greedy for more of it once it has been obtained. Hmm, that greed for more sort of sounds familiar to me, like what I see in my house after Christmas gifts have been opened. In fact, all of those descriptions are familiar to me because when I have allowed a longing to take hold of my heart, I have experienced feeling that I would remain discontent until I got what I wanted. The birth of Jesus Christ was God's greatest gift to the world. Jesus became our Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Jesus grew up and was teaching his disciples, he said, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. 
for I am gentle and lowly in heart. Oh, it just gets me every time. And you will find rest for your souls. When I first read those words many years ago, they absolutely captured my heart and I began to fall in love with Jesus. Oh, it still gets me. As I read my Bible, I learned that he came to teach us how to be people who walk in his ways rather than to pursue the desires of our hearts. My longings have at times caused me to be ungrateful, sad, demanding, and mad at both God and my family when I didn't get my way. Experience has taught me that it is better by far to prayerfully surrender my hopes, all of my desires, and anxious longings to the care and the keeping of my Savior. How about you ladies? Have you been holding on to a desire of your heart so that it has become a longing? Do you hope to see your life change in a particular way? Maybe you long to advance your education or to find a better job. Are you single but long for marriage? Are you married and long for a child or perhaps for more children? Maybe you are married and you long to be able to communicate better and enjoy a closer connection with your spouse. Are you or a loved one dealing with disease or a chronic ailment which has you longing for health? Here is a scripture for you from 1 Peter verses, chapter 5, verse 7. Cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. Unfulfilled longings can feel very discouraging if we set our heart and mind on them. Colossians 3 says, Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things, for you died. And your life is now hidden with Christ in God. He cares for us, and he desires to encourage us when we prayerfully cast all of our cares upon him. When I set my mind on something so that it becomes a longing, I soon grow to feel discontent with my life because I've allowed myself to believe that I need. I need to have what I want in order to be happy. That has never proven to be true, though. Isaiah 26.3 says, You keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed upon you, because he trusts in you. Well, I have been learning that I can trust him. My life is much better when I prayerfully surrender all of my wants and worries to my Heavenly Father, trusting in His wisdom and steadfast love toward me. Philippians 4, 6-7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind, through Christ Jesus. 
in 2019, I was able to put those verses into practice when we were in the midst of our move from Vermont to Maine. My husband had been living and working here in Maine, right in South Portland, during the week, and driving home to Vermont on Friday afternoons to be with us on the weekends. He had been doing that for three years. And it was working like a well-oiled machine as far as I was concerned. I was content. Jason was doing well as a high school senior. My parents lived just 20 minutes away from us. I had a job that I loved and we owned our sweet little country home. And with no mortgage, we were able to easily afford sending our son Quinton and then our daughter Rihanna um, to preschool and a little private Christian school that was conveniently located right next door to our church. We were actively engaged in our church. The community was full of people that we loved. We served in various ministries and I believed that we were all thriving. We were in a healthy place for both, of, both our kids as well as our marriage. And my husband, however, did not think that that was true. My heart was in Vermont and I did not want to move away from everything that I loved, from everyone that I loved, for all of the reasons that I just listed. I really tried to communicate that to my husband in a sweet, non-nagging way during all of the three years that he worked here in Maine. But I felt that he really didn't listen to my concerns. He didn't care about my heart, is what I thought, because he just kept persisting about how we would move to Maine after Jason graduated. As Jason's senior year was nearing the end, Chris hired a realtor, and he asked me to visit him during my days off on the kids' spring break so that the realtor could start showing us houses. He also hired a friend from our church to be a realtor so that they could sell our home in Vermont. I continued to tell Chris that I didn't want to move and that I thought it best for all of our kids if we stayed, even for just one more year. Chris didn't appear to care about any of my concerns, though, and he continued to push the move forward. We would be on track to move after our oldest son graduated from high school because Chris believed that it was best for our family. My heart was breaking and I felt miserable when I thought about how we didn't really need to move at all. It was Chris alone who felt the need. I was longing for him to see that we could stay in Vermont. I prayed and I asked God to give me wisdom and help so that I could communicate better with my husband. Proverbs says that there is wisdom in a multitude of counselors. So I sought advice from a couple of trusted ladies. They encouraged me to just keep pursuing conversation with Chris and to try to understand why it was so important to him that we move. It was then that I realized that I was actually pretty unconcerned. I didn't really care about his thoughts on the matter because I felt that he had been so stubbornly unconcerned about mine. Now, the Lord has been training me to learn to think rightly about my life according to his word ever since I began to walk with Jesus. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. I acknowledged my lack of concern for Chris's feelings to the Lord and I asked him again to give me wisdom so that I could communicate well with him. And then I went to the book of Colossians in chapter 3, verses 12 through 14, 
instruct us on how to do that. I knew that I needed the love of Christ working in me to help me. And it says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Well, the next conversation that Chris and I had was the one where I felt that I finally got through to him. But the Lord also used it to finally get through to me. Chris had admitted that he had hated being separated from his family all week for years, and that it made him feel really sad. He had just been holding on to the hope of the future for when we would all live together all week long again. He recognized that we were very blessed in Vermont and that it could continue to be good for our family if we simply stayed as we were. And he was willing to make it work indefinitely. But I finally realized that everyone else would be happy if we did that, but not him. The look on his face and the sadness in his voice had such an impact on my heart that I didn't want to deny him his heart's longing. My, sim my sweet husband simply wanted to have our family live together again full time. My focus on my desire to stay in Vermont had become a selfish longing that did not take his feelings into consideration at all. The Lord allowed me to see the desire of my husband's heart, and the Lord changed my heart so that I wanted to come alongside. So I finally agreed to move our family to Maine, and then the Lord began to direct our path. The Lord has been training me to learn to think rightly about my life according to his word. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 again says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He will make your path straight. Well, before we began packing for our move, I began to instruct my children to anticipate seeing God's kindness and his blessings toward us in Maine. As I did that, I was also directing my own heart to pray with all hope and anticipation that we would find the people who would soon become precious friends to us when we moved to Maine. I guess what I want to say is that when I set my selfish longing aside and instead longed for Christ, everything else fell into place. Christmas is designed for longing. We may bring other longings to Christmas, but Christmas comes with its own special longing built in. It's a longing deep in our souls for someone who would satisfy our heart's desire for love and belonging and peace. To long for what Christmas brings is to long for God to be with us. That is the longing that is built into Christmas and that longing for Emmanuel. The name that means God with us is fulfilled in Jesus. Listen to these words of longing in the Christmas hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Come thou long expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. From our fears and our sins, release us. Let us find our rest in thee. Israel's strength and consolation, hope of all the earth thou art. 
dear desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart. Well, Matthew 1, 21 reads, She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Christmas is all about God's gift of a Savior who would reconcile us to God and to be God with us. We long to be with God, but our sin separates us from him. Christ came to be the sacrifice for sin. He came to save sinners from just God's just wrath upon our sin. And all who receive him will have mercy, the forgiveness of sin, and life everlasting. And the hymn goes on. Born thy people to deliver. Born a child and yet a king. Born to reign in us forever. Now thy gracious kingdom bring. By thine own eternal spirit, rule in all our hearts alone. By thine all-sufficient merit, raise us to thy glorious throne. This hymn is a prayer expressing our soul's deep longing for Jesus' birth at Christmas, but also for his return. For all who believe, we now long for Jesus' promised return. But this is not a desperate longing. Our longing for Christ is an eager yet settled longing or desire. Christmas has brought God's King and his spirit into our hearts. While we long for his coming and his kingdom, he is sufficient to satisfy our souls. I know that we all have many longings in this life, even as we go into the Christmas season and all of the wonderful experiences that it can bring. Ladies, let me encourage you to long for Jesus, the Savior, to rest in his love, to belong to his family, and to live in his peace. Thank you.